You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Well, welcome to the Vineyard. My name's Rick Francis. I'm the pastor here. Surprise, surprise. Good to see you. This is uh, race day, Memorial Day. Uh, Many use it as get out of church day, free pass. (laughs) So I'm glad you guys decided to come. It's good, good to have you with us today. Anybody hungry today? I mean, more than hamburgers and hot dogs. Anybody really hungry? Yeah. The Lord's just doing a, an incredible work among us, and he's just building our appetite. And in the kingdom of God, when you're hungry, you eat. And the more you eat, the hungrier you get. Just the opposite of the natural realm. In the natural realm, you're hungry, you eat, you get full, you, you're not hungry anymore. But in the spiritual realm, the more you eat, the hungrier you get. And this is a good kind of hunger. This is a good kind of hunger. I had several counseling sessions this week where I don't know what was going on. Too much coffee, not enough food. My stomach was just growling, sending off messages that it was time to eat. It was like, whoa, let's back this down. But thank God, hunger for him should always increase. Let our hunger and thirst continue to increase, Lord, for you. The Holy Spirit is what we've been focusing on in this incredible time period, post-resurrection, post the the 40 days of uh, Jesus speaking with his disciples, and at one time over 500 uh, people as as he was revealing the gospel of the kingdom, teaching them all sorts of incredible things about the kingdom. Just amazing. And then we saw... The, the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit, Jesus has ascended. He's released the Holy Spirit. After 10 days of prayer in the upper room, boom, Holy Spirit comes. And all, all the, the explosive dynamic of the Holy Spirit arriving with the, with the rushing of the wind, with the, the, the fire, the flames, the tongues, all the things that were part of that incredible theophany and just a manifestation of God's presence And then everybody just speaking these glories to God and all the different people from like 13 different regions are hearing the glories of God in their own language. Wow, that's that's kind of cool. There's something about hearing it in your own native tongue, the wonders of God. And it it so surprised many of them that they, they were just in awe and then there was others that were, that were around there, and they, they were just making fun of the whole situation, thought, man, these guys are off their rockers. You know, they're just <laughs> nuts. I don't know if they couldn't hear the glories of God being declared, and, and because of the state of their heart, they, they, or whatever was going on, in, in mockery, they just thought everybody got drunk. Now, if you hang around real close to the Holy Spirit, sometimes you can look a little bit like you've been inebriated. Because he has a way of just kind of getting you kind of off your center, off your ability to really have that full sense that you're in charge and in control and that you're really, and it's, anybody had that experience? 
Okay, just a little oozy, a little woozy. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that can be a reality. But here they're, they're saying, no, 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 these guys aren't drunk. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. You know, this hasn't happened. And so we, we, we see within the, with the, the context that Peter goes on to preach about Jesus, the crucifixion, the resurrection, and the Holy Spirit. And 3,000 people repent and come to, to come to faith in Jesus that day. And so if you have your Bibles, this first part won't be up on the screen. But we'll go to chapter 2 at verse 40, 42. <clears throat> chapter 2 of Acts, verse 42. Acts 2, 42. Most of you have this memorized. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wondrous and miraculous signs were done <clears throat> by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Mm. Everybody was together. They had it all in common. And, and here we see that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Mm. We need, to, we need to be devoted to the word. We need to be devoted to what the apostles have written. We need to be devoted to the word of the Lord in all its forms and to fellowship, the fellowship, the, the community of saints, the community of faith, the, the, that which brings us together in union, in oneness, the celebration of what Jesus has done and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Breaking of bread sometimes is referred to as, as the Lord's table, the communion process, but it was also the, the love feast in the early church happened on a regular basis, and that's when they got together, and they would share food together. And that's kind of what we're going to do today. Instead of a Memorial Day picnic, bump your neighbor and say, today's a love fest. I know that's right. <laughs> it's probably not going to rival Woodstock, but it's, it's going to be a love fest. We're going to get together because we love the Lord and we love one another. And as we get together, we just share a simple meal and we thank God for it. You have two opportunities this week to really be biblically in line with New Testament living. Because you can do it right after church today and, and participate in the breaking of bread. And you can also do it again on Wednesday at our, at our James Mission from 5 to 6.30. Two opportunities to come together and to break bread. I love what Sam had to say. You know, that's how we build community. We eat. You got to be in each other's presence. Everybody needs to eat. So this is a good time to, to get together and, and to be with one another. And so they did this. So the phenomena takes place. The sermon is presented. Uh, the people repent. And then we see the, the summation is that they were devoted to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And prayer is what we're going to focus on now. Holy Spirit ah, and fullness. That takes us to Ephesians chapter 3, uh, a prayer of Paul that uh, is just absolutely amazing. I will have this on the screen for you. Um, Amazing, amazing, amazing prayer. In chapter 3, 
Paul is talking about his love for the Ephesians. He's writing from prison, and so he's writing to them, and he's letting them know everything that's happened to him is really for their good, for their glory. And he's helping them understand that they don't have to be ashamed because of what he's enduring, because what he's enduring is really going to bring out a prospering on the whole church. And this letter that we now have is absolute testimony of that reality. Because this is one of the most incredible, incredible letters that has ever been penned as we look at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. All the fullness of God. All the fullness of God. He's praying that we will be filled with all the fullness of God. Everything that goes before that climaxes in all the fullness of God being filled in you. <sighs> now to him who is able to immeasurably to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. And as you know, I have a great imagination. I love it when I see this in Scripture, to know that God can go beyond my imagination. I find that in the human realm, very, very rarely does a human being go beyond what I can imagine. Because I can really imagine a lot. I can imagine some pretty grandiose things, just unbelievably, gloriously oh, awesome. But God can to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask, all we ask or imagine, according to his power, and power is a key word in this prayer, that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church, be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's look at this, this prayer a little closer. Let's break it down. I pray that. That expression is used twice in the NIV. I pray that. Here's the first one. I pray that out of his glorious riches, whose, whose riches are we talking about? The Father. Out of the Father's glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power. Power. Yes. <laughs> power. He's going to strengthen you with power out of his glorious riches. How rich is your father in heaven? You think he's got enough for you? It's hard to measure. I, I love it when the church finally realizes that the father has more than enough. When we finally understand that there's always going to be more than enough. Sometimes it seems like we're just getting by, but you know what? 
there's always going to be more than enough. Today we may get through by the skin of our teeth, but by the time you get through by the skin of your teeth, you'll look back and you'll realize, you know, there was more than enough. It might have been tight, but there was more than enough. Uh, Heidi Baker and her ministry called Iris, uh, they teach and train everybody that comes to their ministry. There's always enough. That's the first thing that they do. When, when you come and you prepare to go to Mozambique to work on the mission field, the nation that she believes that the Lord's called her to, and as she continues to spread the work of the kingdom in that incredible nation, she trains every disciple, every person that wants to come into her organization of ministry. They have to learn at a foundational level that there's more, there's always enough. There's always enough. She has to get that down into their heart. Why? Because they're going into places where there is starvation. They're going into places of poverty that is unheard of. We're, we're taking a third world, we're talking fourth world poverty. We're, we're talking a, a level of poverty that you haven't seen. And she goes into villages and she proclaims the gospel and signs and wonders show up. I was listening to one of her testimonies that was just so glorious. I was just getting blessed so incredibly. I just thought this was so great. She comes into the village, it's raining. The people gather because she asks if there's any, any blind people and they come for her, she prays for them and they get healed. So now the blind people are going out and they're telling what Jesus has done for them. So now the deaf people come and now the, the people with other kind of illnesses and sicknesses come and she prays for them and they get healed and now the whole village gets healed. The whole village hears the incredible, incredible word of the Lord. The problem is they're all starving in the village. And so one of the trucks comes in and it has a huge grain bin on the back of the truck. I picture it as one of your big trucks you know, your water tank trucks or whatever, those big, and, and they come and, and they, they scoop out all the grain and everybody comes with their sacks, their bags, they get their food, they take it and they start preparing their meals. And the guy that's on the dispensing end of the truck, this is like one of his first outreaches. And he's been trained, there's always enough. And he's at a starving village where everybody wants as much as you possibly can give them. And he knows that there's going to be more people tomorrow. So he needs to save some back for tomorrow so that there'll be some more grain for the people that didn't get it today. They can get it tomorrow. But he thought, well, there's always enough. And right now the need's so great, it exhausted the supply. So it all went out. And he went back and prepared and he was worried and he slept and he prayed and he said, God, what are we going to do tomorrow? What's going to happen? And when he went and he opened the lid to the grain container, it was full. It was full for day two. According to his glorious riches, it can multiply five loaves and two fish and feed thousands. I wonder what he could do with one or two grains of, of, uh, of corn or grains of wheat or whatever the grain was, you know. It's amazing. According to his glorious riches. So the prayer 
that's being prayed for us is that we'd know this Father who has glorious riches for us. He's able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that's at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. So here we go. Pray. Out of his glorious riches, the Father may strengthen you with power because he's going to do it through you. I don't know if somebody came in through the night and threw a couple grains in and prayed and blessed them and pff, and now the, the whole bin is full. I don't know how it happens, but I know he loves and delights working through us and displaying his power through us. Anybody want the power of God to flow through you and be demonstrated to people around? Yeah, yeah. It's called alignment. Let's get ourselves in a line with his heart and his love so that his power can flow through us to touch. I really think that the Lord wants to encourage us this morning to really break out of the confinements that we think that the Lord can only work through us in and really blow that thing up to where we realize, you know, there's not one thing that he's done in this book that he can't do through you when we align ourselves with him. I believe that's true. I believe aligning ourselves with him is a little more complicated than what we think. But it's good. And that's why we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's the one that helps us figure out how to get that alignment. So that we can be strengthened with the power of the Father out of the Father's glorious riches it's through his spirit, the Holy Spirit, in your inner being. Paul tells us that we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. So as the Holy Spirit resides in you and lives within you, it's, it's as he's in that inner part that he's preparing the way for the glorious riches, <laughs> the power of the Father to be released through you. What's, what, what's the Holy Spirit? I kind, of, I kind of look at the Holy Spirit at this point as being that attachment that they put onto the locomotive back when it's going through the snowy mountains and, and that plow just moves everything out of the way. Because how many know that in the inner man, we might have some junk that needs to get plowed. There's some issues that we've got to deal with that if we're going to see the power of the Father flow through us, we need to really allow the Holy Spirit to come in and just move as a, as a holy plow and just get that stuff out. Sometimes I see it as a plow because I, I, I kind of like that. It, it's like he's coming in, he's disrupting everything. He's just... You know, we saw him spray in the fields last night and we're thinking... Is that because they're getting ready to cultivate? They're getting ready to turn the, turn the ground over? I, th I think that's what they're doing. They put the, the liquid fertilizer on, then they flip it over. I I'm a Hoosier. I don't know anything about farming. <laughs> but as, as they're going through there and they're doing that, you know, they're going through. I like the idea that the Holy Spirit is coming. He's plowing up. He's, he's getting things. He's getting the, the stuff, the hard, the crusty, the hardness of our hearts. He's working it. He's massaging it. Sometimes I like to think of him as, as just taking the salve, this beautiful, incredible healing salve that grows in heaven and bringing it to earth. And he's just mushing it inside our hearts 
and he's just making old, crusty, hard hearts. He's just bringing the holy moisture, the, the ability of a salve to go in and permeate every part of the being until all of a sudden it's pliable. And now our hearts are going to be able to be shaped by God the Father. And he's able to shape us in the ways that he wants. So that Jesus Christ, that Christ, who's Jesus, mm-hmm, may dwell in your hearts through faith. May dwell in your hearts through faith. For Father's power to flow through us, the Holy Spirit has got to come and, and do the work in us so that the full residence of the Lord Jesus can abide in us. And that's when John, in, in chapter 15, the all the remain in me and I'll remain in you and, and the, the branch and the vine and, and the connectivity and all of that kind of comes together and, and we start to understand what, what, what's that talking about? It's talking about that third aspect. As, as God the Father releases his glorious riches and as the Holy Spirit then takes and prepares the way and then as our heart receives the full residency of Jesus, we've, we've got a position that we're ready to function from. The next verse, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love. Oh man, that's everything that, that, that he prayed just before. The riches of the Father, fellowship of the Spirit, the abiding of the Lord Jesus in our hearts. That, he says, I'm praying that that gets rooted and established in love. That you may have power together with all the saints. Now that's, that's pretty good. He wants the individual community of faith oh, yes. to be able to draw upon, as they're rooted and established in love, draw upon all that love is doing throughout the body of Christ around the world and draw upon that. <sighs> because there's power there. Sometimes we think, I, I know in the late 80s, I want to go to Seoul, Korea. Everybody else want to go to Holy Land? Sign me up to Seoul, Korea. I want to go see where the Holy Spirit's moving. I want to see what a church of a million looks like. I, I, I want to go see where the Holy Spirit's moving and where people are praying on Prayer Mountain. I, I want to go where, where the kingdom is manifesting. And then all of a sudden I hear in South America these incredible these incredible signs and wonders and these men moving with authority and love and power. And I thought, oh, I want to go to South America. I want to go to South America. I want to... This verse is saying, wherever God is moving great in power, we can share that same power. Because we're rooted and established in the very essence of love that's causing that kind of phenomena of power, signs and wonders and miracles to take place around the earth, we can be rooted and grounded in the same love together with all the saints. And this is what's important. A lot of times, and I had a dear elderly pastor when I was a young pastor who was so worried that I was just gonna go after power and not holiness. And I uh, just wanna make sure I stayed holy as I went after power. But the essence and the foundation of all power is love. 
it's always going to be love. And it's not just going to be love as a concept, it's going to be love as manifested in relationship. And the first relationship is going to be with God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And out of that love relationship, then it comes to my spouse. And after that, it goes to my family, and it goes to the body of Christ, all my brothers and sisters. And after that, it goes to those that are yet to be birthed into the kingdom. And so love is the foundation of everything we do and say. And love becomes the very essence of the foundation of the power, the manifestation, the glorious signs and wonders that God wants to do to substantiate who he is and who we are as his sons and daughters. So that we can grasp how wide and long, high and deep is the love of Christ. It says you've got to have power to do that. This is not something that's going to come through some kind of intellectual classroom, even as I'm speaking. If I was just speaking words and was trying to teach you a concept, you still wouldn't understand it. Hopefully today I'm speaking spirit and and life, and and there's a chance that you, you could receive the power to understand how much God loves you. Because the number one problem is that we don't really believe he loves us. If we understand how high, how long, how wide, how deep is his love for us, it's going to take power for that to get through the thick skull and the hard heart and all the wounds. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit to plow through and cultivate and soften and bring sap because It takes that kind of spiritual reality to set in before we can believe it about us. And until you believe it about us, there's no hope for anybody else. There really isn't. A lot of us, out of some kind of really sick, twisted teaching on Philippians 2, you know, of of regarding others as better than ourselves, That's not coming from a posture of low self-esteem. When you are suffering low self-esteem, you can't take that verse and apply it to you because that's not the way Jesus intended for that verse to be applied. But as you realize how loved you are, now you can prefer another over yourself. But when you prefer another one over yourself because you think you're second class, because you really don't matter, you're not important, you're missing the point That's not Christian discipline. That's not an act of love. That's an act of low self-esteem. That's an act that I don't know who I am. That's an act that says, I really don't get how much God loves me. And when it really gets down to the core of our being, and it seems like for it to have to happen like that, it takes more than a Bible story and more than a Bible presentation and more than a teaching. It takes an encounter with him for that to happen, get ready. If, if it's never happened in your life, I'm praying this week becomes a hit week. I'm, I'm, I'm taking out contracts in the kingdom of light and I'm, I'm getting as many angels assigned as I possibly can with marks this week to really hit them so that they'll know how much the Father loves them. That's what Signs and Wonders is all about. Signs and Wonders is to take the heart and a closed system that that doesn't believe that God really loves and cares 
and does an incredible miracle that you can't dispute and it blows your system up. And you got to figure out what meaneth this? Could it possibly be that he loves me? Yeah, he absolutely does. So I'm praying that your sleep gets blessed with dreams of how much he loves you. For some of you young ones, that you have visions where the Lord shows up and he speaks to you and you know how much he loves you. I pray for others that as you're reading the word this week, all of a sudden you get rocked because the Holy Spirit bears witness with the written word and the living word, and it just changes you from the inside out. And you're, you're undone. You become unraveled as you realize how much you are loved. That's anointed, man. That's good. Yeah, you get that. It takes power to grasp that. It takes kind of a power encounter with the Lord to really get this. You don't get it because you got your PhD in love theology. You get it because you have, you have walked with Jesus and you've been with him and you found that to be true. The second thing he says, to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Oh, I just love that. Oh. See, you gotta, you've got to know this love before you know who you are. When you know this love, then you can love yourself. And as you begin doing a good job loving yourself, then all of a sudden you are now in alignment with the heart of the Father and you're ready for the Spirit to flow through you and you're ready for the power of God to be demonstrated on the planet and to touch lives. Sign me up. Yes. That, is, that is good, good, good. And it takes power but it starts with love. It starts with love. For God loved the world so much that he gave Jesus to die. Oh, yeah. uh, that we wouldn't perish. So look at yourself and say, you're not going to perish because uh, God loves you. God loves you so much. Oh, yeah. He gave his one and only for you. No doubt so that you have an everlasting life. And we're not just talking about when we get to heaven. We're talking about right now, the abundant life. We want the kind of life that we really are living the fullness that he has for us. Okay, that's 12. You can go to sleep. But listen to the passion translation of this prayer. My dear friends, I pray that you will remain strong and not be discouraged or ashamed by all that I suffer on your behalf, for it is for your glory. So when I think of the wisdom of his plan, that's the Father, I kneel humbly in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, <clears throat> the perfect Father of every father and child in heaven and on earth. And I pray that he would pour out over you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Right Verse 16, 
We need to, we need to get that on the refrigerator. Put that on your makeup mirror. Make sure we get that. Verse 17. <clears throat> then by constant using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you. And the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life, providing you with a secure foundation that grows and grows. Then as your spiritual strength increases, you will be empowered to discover what every Holy One experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions, how deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love, how enduring and inclusive it is, endless love beyond measurement, beyond academic knowledge. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and to accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. I love that. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Now we offer up to God all the glorious praise that rises from every church and every generation through Jesus Christ and all that will yet be manifest through time and eternity. Amen. Amen. Now that's a prayer. I encourage you to go back and look at it through every translation you can find and just give Holy Spirit permission to bring new insight and bring new emphasis of different aspects of this prayer. This is an apostolic prayer prayed by Paul for all the churches throughout all of time. Let's take advantage of that and apply it to our lives. So Father, we say thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you that out of your glorious riches, Lord, you strengthen us with power so that we can know the love <laughs> through the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, the incredible love of Jesus. We can know its dimensions. We can know its magnitude. We can know the explosive power. We can know its full <laughs> dynamic range. We thank you for that. Now we invite you here, Holy Spirit, to minister to us as we receive all that you have for us today. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.